I just can't imagine spending the kind of money one spends to stay in like one of the Roy or Walt suites and then making your cabana request at midnight and finding out you didn't get it. Right. Like, I oh my like, gosh. Yeah. That I would mean, just be devastating. It really need was. a reservation for the rage room on board, I suppose. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> everybody to this week's bonus episode of the DCL Duo podcast brought to you by My Path Unwinding Travel. And we are excited to welcome a very fun guest. But before we get to the guest, we welcome my co-host, Samantha. <laughs> welcome, Sam. Why, thank you, Brian. I am happy to be here today. I'm super excited for our guest. We've been trying to figure out a time to have her on, I would say, for months now. And so um, but I'm really excited. We finally we're able to make it happen, and I'll let you introduce her then. Well, we met our fabulous guest in February of this year, so that's how long we've been trying to get her on the show. And we met her sailing concierge out of New Orleans, and man, those conversations and all the great people we met on board sparked so much for our show. And so we are excited to welcome Kaylee to our show, an agent with My Path Unwinding Travel. Welcome, Kaylee. Thank you so much. I am so thrilled to be here, and I'm so excited that we finally found the time to connect. Well, Kaylee, we always like to start by getting our guests' cruising background. You have extensive experience with Disney Cruise Line. So let me say, what is your background sailing with Disney Cruise Line? Uh, maybe what other lines have you sailed on? And then, you know, what other experiences do you have out there with Disney? Sure. So um, with regard to cruising, I took my first cruise in 2000 on my honeymoon. Uh, my husband and I sailed on Royal Caribbean and we sailed out of Boston and did a fabulous Canada, New England cruise. And um, it was sort of a leaf peeping cruise. We were married in September. So it was really beautiful. And we were absolutely the youngest people on the ship. We were the <laughs> only the only honeymooners on the ship. And if we got in the elevator with somebody that was always like, oh, the honeymooners are here. So it was very fun. <laughs> and then we've also cruised a couple of times on Celebrity. We did a fabulous 11-night Southern Caribbean itinerary. And we did a round trip from San Juan and then a repositioning up to Baltimore, which was fun. Um, and then I took a break from cruising for many, many years. And our first Disney cruise was in 2015 on the Fantasy. Since then, we have sailed on the Fantasy and Dream and Magic and Wonder, but not Wish yet. We are booked for February. And I, I just love Disney cruising. It's really my happy place. Absolutely. So, Kayla, I know you sail concierge quite a bit on Disney Cruise Line. Did you start off sailing concierge or when did you make that leap? So we start with Disney. We started off sailing concierge and it's a funny story how it happened. My husband actually booked the cruise as a surprise for us. We had gone to Disneyland many, many times. I grew up visiting Disneyland. That is sort of my introduction to Disney. And I still call Disneyland my favorite park. I think that there's just no magic like walking in Walt's footsteps, which is a little cliche, but very true. And then we did Walt Disney World a few times before um, venturing onto the cruise line. So when my husband was booking our cruise, he was working with a travel agent and she knew nothing about concierge, but he was very concerned about sort of the pool deck chair game. And, you know, were people going to be getting up at 7am and claiming chairs? And were we going to have issues with that? So he was perusing the ship layout on the map, and he saw the concierge sun deck. 
<laughs> and said to our travel agent, what is this little box right here that says, you know, private sun deck? And she didn't know anything about it, but we did our own research, which th- there wasn't a lot of material out there about concierge at that time. And was really, we really struggled to find out what it meant, what the differences were. But that was enough for him. So he booked concierge with us knowing almost nothing about it. <laughs> and I call it, you know, the best, most expensive, fabulous mistake that we ever made because that was our introduction to Disney Cruise Line. And we never even considered sailing non-concierge after that. Well, we're excited, Kaylee. You have helped us even before we booked a single vacation with you think through some of the you know tips and tricks around concierge. And we know that uh, My Path Unwinding has an excellent group actually dedicated to concierge cruising. Uh, so if you're listening to this and you've been thinking about sailing concierge, uh, we'll put the link to that group in our show notes. And it is a wealth of information to help you decide if it's a fit for you and your family, but also what are some of the tips and tricks that the My Path Unwinding agents give out uh, to folks who are sailing concierge. But we've got Kaylee here real time. So I want to get her tips and tricks for sailing concierge, maybe perhaps her tips and tricks around uh, as well, maximizing your concierge experience a little bit. Before, like Maybe before we get there, Kaylee, I want to ask one question I think a lot of people have about sailing concierge, which is, is it worth it? I see that question so often, like, is it worth it to pay for concierge on Disney Cruise Line? And I'm curious, when folks ask you that question as they're planning their vacations, like, how, how do you answer that for them? Well, it is truly different for everyone. Worth it has a different definition for everyone. For my family, it is absolutely worth it. Worth it to me, you know, is sailing concierge is giving me the luxury of time. It's giving me the luxury to relax. It's giving me, you know, the ability to just truly be on a vacation. For some people, it's not worth it. I mean, a lot of people try to, you know, put a dollar sign on it. Well, I don't drink. So is concierge worth it for me because I'm not getting the included, you know, bar service in the evening? Or do I get a cabana for free if I, or not for free, (laughs) included, (laughs) included if I book concierge? You know, they really try to add up the dollar signs to see if it works. But for me and in my advice to my clients, it's, it's much more about the experience and the dollar signs are probably never going to add up. You'd have to drink really a lot at those evening cocktail hours. But it just depends on what you're looking for with your vacation. It truly does. Yeah. It's it's sort of what price do you put for convenience, right? And that price is different. Like somebody might pay $10 for convenience and somebody else might be willing to pay thousands of dollars for convenience. So, you know, I'm going to say from my perspective, Concierge is thousands of dollars for more convenience. That's essentially what you're that's what you're buying, you know, and and for some people that difference is is worth it and other people it's not worth it, right? And there I mean, are some people for whom it's worth it for a three-night cruise because there's less time so they want all the details taken care of so they can actually really just enjoy. And for other people they say, "Oh, that's not worth it for me for a three-night, but I'll do it for a seven-night when I can truly, you know, get to know the concierge onboard team and enjoy the lounge." And so it really is, you know, an easy answer, but it is different for every single family. And everybody has to make that decision for themselves. For us, it would, you know, it's it's a matter of I would rather cruise less frequently and and cruise concierge 
I did I did one time book a non-concierge cruise, I will say. I surprised my husband with it for, I don't know, a birthday or something. And he said no. <laughs> <laughs> he declined the gift. He declined the gift. And so did you have to cancel or just rebook? We, we upgraded to concierge. Right. <laughs> I had booked one of those fabulous, I think they're eight A's, the sort of mini suites on Dream and Fantasy that have the two giant portholes and the room is split with a wall. So it's almost like two rooms. And I was really excited. They're very coveted rooms. They're very hard to get. And I really felt like this was a score. And he just sort of blinked and said, no, thank you, honey. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about that for a second, Kale. You talking about booking a cruise. In terms of a tip to maximize your concierge experience here, and having just talked about the cost of it, I would say, but I'm curious your thought, if you want to sail concierge, you better book it on opening day. Because one, on some of these sailings, it goes fairly quickly. And two, the price just goes up. Am I thinking about that right? You are. You are. I will say that in my experience, it is much more often that the availability goes than the price going up. It is more likely to sell out I, in my experience, then then the price is going up. Now that sometimes is different for you know unique itineraries or things where the price you can sort of expect it to increase. Now that being said, it will increase. Generally, it will increase. But for me, availability and inventory is much more of a driving factor for booking as soon as possible. I mean, I will say that the prices for concierge on like a Caribbean sailing versus a European sailing versus an Alaska sailing are just different, but I think the same is true for those cruises in general, right? Definitely. European cruises are more expensive than the Caribbean and Alaska sailings are just as expensive as Europe. And people say all the time, well, I, I would rather go on two cruises. It's twice the cost of a non-concierge. And that is really not always the case. The cost for concierge really varies drastically based on a number of factors, including itinerary and time of year and, you know, sale date, I guess is the same thing. But there, there are a number of factors that influence that that price fluctuation or, you know, it might be more expensive to do a seven night in July than it would be, for example, in March or September. Well, I mean, after you've booked the cruise, the next big moment, right, is your activity booking window, which for concierge has become even more generous at the 130 day mark. Now you can send your requests in to be booked into the 120 day window for platinum, essentially, I think is when you can see them. So I would actually, I'm going to interrupt you because I'm actually going to back up and say my number one tip, if you're considering concierge would be to book with a travel advisor who has experience booking concierge, who can answer those questions, who can make sure that you're ready with those requests at the 130 date. I mean, I have plenty of people who find their way to me and they say, I want to book this cruise. And, you know, they're 118 days away from the sailing and they've already missed the opportunity to send in those early requests. And, you know, things are open for platinum now and and it's a game changer. So I would say, you know, if you're even considering sailing concierge, join the join the group that Brian mentioned earlier, because it is a wealth of information and we are more than happy. We love answering questions, whether you're our client or you're, you know, a seasoned concierge cruiser or you've never sailed with Disney or any line before. It doesn't matter. We're happy to answer questions. Yeah, I I have to echo that like 10 times, Kaylee, because the Disney Cruise Line Concierge Guest Facebook group is like no other in the sense that Kaylee and Karen, Karen, who is the agency owner for My Path Unwinding Travel, and the other admins 
are super helpful as well as other cruisers who sail concierge in answering people's questions. And I can't tell you how many times I've seen a post from somebody in the group who is new to the group, typically, and says, I booked with a different travel agent or I booked myself and I just found out about the 130-day email uh, booking and I've missed it. What, What do I do? And if you had booked with Kaylee or Karen or any of the other agents at My Path and Wine and Travel, that would not have happened because they would have reminded you, okay, your booking window is coming. How can I help you in figuring out what what you need to, you know, what you want to choose? And uh, whether you send that email or they send the email for you is sort of up between between the two of you. But I, I just, I would not have known honestly, about all of this stuff if we had not joined that Facebook group. And so it, it's it's kind of amazing to me. I know I didn't know we were selling concierge. So Brian handled <laughs> all that thing, all that stuff in advance. And and we also were, we weren't going to Castaway Key. So there wasn't the coveted cabana issue, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a couple minutes. But yeah, it's I think there are lots of things are perhaps not known to the well, frankly, I, I, I see it happen with people who are just sailing regular um, Disney Cruise Line for the first time where they don't even know about their booking window because they're working with a travel agent that doesn't know Disney Cruise Line. And if you do that, you're making a huge mistake. Of course, you can book yourself directly. And I'm not trying to make this this a, a commercial for my path unwinding. No, but, and I would say the same, whether you're working with somebody from My Path and Winding or another travel agent or travel advisor who is seasoned in Disney Cruise Line and Disney Cruise Line concierge, it's just absolutely to your advantage to, to have that professional. It doesn't, I mean, there's no reason not to. Exactly, exactly. And I know people talk about, oh, I want control over my booking. You can still book all of your onboard experiences yourself. There's You don't have to have your travel agent do that for you. That is really the number one stumbling block for a lot of people is giving up that control. And and, and I felt that way too, even working with Karen, with the the people who I had worked with who were local, I felt, I don't know, more in control because they were here. I don't really know. But Karen taught me that, that, you know, you... You're as a client, you can have as much or as little input or control over what is going on with your reservation. The only thing that a travel agent has to do is make changes or make payments. Um, you can, you know, you can be the one to communicate with Shoreside Concierge if you want to. You can, you know, certainly you do all of your, you can do all of your own bookings or port adventures or all of that. It's, it's just, or, or your travel advisor can do it for you. It's sort of the best of both worlds. You can pick and choose. So, Kaylee, I want to talk about the next step in the process which is the booking window for concierge. And that's the 130 days you can send your requests in. What tips do you have for folks who are going to sell concierge? And what advantage is that window really? Sure. So for non-concierge guests, the booking window for platinum guests who have sailed 10 or more times with Disney Cruise Line opens at 120 days before sailing. And um, that's when they can start booking port adventures and spa treatments and the coveted cabana that we discussed, um, Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique, all the good stuff. When you sail concierge, regardless of your castaway club level, so whether you've sailed 25 times or this is your very first cruise, you can submit your requests for all of those extras starting at 130 days prior to sailing. So a full 10 days before um, it opens up to platinum. And what that 10 days is, so that the midnight of 130 days is is the opening. 
the best advice is always to send in an email at that time or use a, a service like Boomerang or something like that or a travel advisor to send those requests right at midnight of 130 days because they are processed in the order in which they are received. They're, those emails are time stamped. So somebody who emails at you know 3 a.m. is going to be significantly behind the ones that came in at midnight. But after that initial midnight, so if you're looking for a cabana or you're looking for something that's really coveted, you really want to adhere to that midnight email. After that, you can just pick up the phone and call Shoreside Concierge and you can, or your travel agent can, you can ask them questions. What are the beverage tastings that are going to be offered on this sailing? When is the royalty going to be offered? Can I, you know, put my information there? They will answer any questions. They will give you all the information they have about dining rotations, the movies being played on board, any specialty character breakfasts when those return, anything like that. And you can sort of register those requests with them right there on the phone or your travel advisor can. And it's really that that 10 days is a is really a period of discussion. So you can figure out the things that are being offered and the shoreside team will make notation of all of those. And then at the 120 days, those requests are auto submitted by the shoreside team. And then you, after midnight, you can log in and see what you got. <laughs> so Kaylee, I, I guess I'm curious to get your thoughts around how advantageous that extra booking time is. I mean, obviously you're sort of jumping the line of platinum, but in the vein of tips and tricks, I guess I'm wondering, the wish seems to have thrown a wrench in the works of these pre-requests. I'm curious how much of an advantage, I mean, the older ships, I think it's a big advantage. On ships going to Castaway Key, I think it's a huge advantage if you have any desire to get a cabana. But with the wish, it feels like it's been not as big of an advantage. I mean, obviously it still is one because anyone not in concierge seems to be not necessarily getting what they want to do on these ships anymore. But it sounds like even concierge folks aren't. And so, yeah, has the wish changed the game in your opinion? The wish has changed the game. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. It It's just less predictable now with the wish. You know, I personally have not had a client who hasn't gotten what they're looking for, but there are others that I'm, you know, other agents that have experienced that. And it's a real disappointment because you have clients who are booking concierge because they want access to, you know, whether it's the cabana or the adult dining or spa. And it, the, the wish has... It has sort of shaken up everything that we have come to learn about the benefits of concierge overall. I mean, it's 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 still an extreme advantage to be concierge. There's no question, um, but it's just a little less predictable. I think to your point, it, it's it's still an extreme advantage because on the wish, if you're not sailing concierge, you're you're going to have a real hard time getting uh, even some of the adult dining that you want if there's if concierge is full. Right. Absolutely. On the other ships, you particularly if you happen to be on the Wonder of the Magic and they are stopping at Castaway Key, if you're platinum, there's a chance you might get a cabana. And even on the Dream and the Fantasy, um, you know, it'll take a little bit of luck, but you might get a cabana. But yeah, on the on the Wish, is, I think it's pretty much guaranteed if you're not sailing concierge, you are definitely not getting a cabana. It would take a great deal of pixie dust to get a cabana yeah. if you were not concierge. <laughs> yeah. We actually are, we're sailing in February concierge in a one bedroom on Wish and we submitted our request last week and now we're waiting patiently for our 120 day mark to see if we got our cabana. So we're hoping for some pixie dust. <laughs> 
one one thing I think people ask a lot in in the Facebook groups is how do I know what to book if you know if I'm sailing concierge I have to send this email in how do I know what to book if I can't even see the schedule at least if you are in the platinum window or the gold or the or the um, silver you can see what's available through the app how how do you go about sort of advising people on on that because you have to do a little bit of guessing right when you're or you're trying to book in that concierge window. So actually, that's when Shoreside comes back into play. So Shoreside Concierge typically has all of that information. And if you're not used to sailing concierge or you're not working with a travel advisor who is seasoned with concierge, you ha- you don't know that. But you or your travel advisor can just call and when are these things offered? What are the beverage tastings that are being offered? You know, when are the port adventures or, or whatever that information is? What are the dining rotations? They'll generally have that information prior to the 130 days. And so for any questions that you have about what is being offered on your sailing, you can just give them a call. They're happy to talk on the phone. Now, you may have to wait because the hold times are much longer these days. And an email typically is taking, oh, I mean, a week to two weeks, to even three weeks to get back, which, again, is another advantage of working with a travel advisor. You know, I call Shoreside and I know everybody there. I say, you know, oh, hi, Kristen, it's great to talk to you again. Or And they know us and they know the volume of concierge cruisers that we work with and they love working with us. They do, um, you know, they're they're happy to sort of go the extra mile because we've established relationships with them over the years. I was going to say, Kaylee, one tip that I've sort of developed too is... Because you get to book early and concierge can do what they would like <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> if I if I am sort of like, I don't know which night pirate night's going to be, but I know it's going to be one of these two or three nights. I, I will book. You, there's no limit for concierge in how many Palo dinners they can book, uh, Palo brunches and Chante, all that sort of stuff other than availability. And so, you know, like on our Norway cruise, we had two brunches, two dinners. Actually, I think we booked three dinners and ended up canceling one. So a lot of times, like I'll ask for more than I think we need. And then when we get on board, I will release once we've seen sort of what's actually going on on board, because it is at the point you're booking with Shoreside, it's still a bit up in the air. They can change things up until the time you sail. And so I'll wait till we get on board. And then at the nice concierge lunch, when the host comes around, I'll just say, yeah, we just need to dump the following things. The spot, here's some spot treatments we don't need. And, you know, Palo dinner that we decided we didn't want. So I think that's a pretty effective strategy too. That is a great tip. And that is one that that I advise my clients as well, is there's no reason not to just, if you think you want it, go ahead and book it and you can always let it go. We've done the same with booking, you know, sort of multiple Apollo and then figuring out which one fits into our schedule or booking every single beverage tasting (laughs) and then (laughs) deciding which ones to let drop off. But that is a great tip. Absolutely. And uh, this is another pro tip. If you're not sailing concierge and you were unable to get one of those things in your pre-booking window, when you get on board, guess what? A lot of people are doing not just concierge cruisers, but you know, platinum cruisers, whoever may have booked things and decide to cancel them. Of course, Disney also holds back inventory for a lot of these things as well. So you might be able to snag that booking uh, on board or shortly even before the cruise even starts through the app. Definitely. I tell people that all the time as well. And and what, another thing that's nice about concierge that I tell people is that so you, you have a certain amount of inventory for things like that that you can see online, beverage tastings and, and the like. Shoreside Concierge has additional inventory that is being held back. And when you get on board, the onboard team has even more additional inventory. So there have been times when I've had a client who was not able to get a cabana for, you know, they booked late or whatever, they get on board, talk to the 
the concierge manager is in the lounge, absolutely, we can get you a cabana. I wouldn't count on that by any means, but the concierge teams are able to, to work some magic for sure. Let's talk about checking in for the cruise, Kaylee, because I think another big advantage, right, is no port arrival times for concierge. Yes, that is a lovely advantage. <laughs> so when you're sailing non-concierge, you are probably checking in at midnight of the 30-day mark to get the coveted early port arrival time so that you can get on the ship as early as possible and start enjoying your vacation. When you are sailing concierge, you do not have an assigned port arrival time and you are welcome to arrive at the port at your leisure. And that is a really nice perk of sailing concierge. So you can, you know, sleep in on that 30 day mark. You can do your check in, you know, the next day, the next week. There's really no um, urgency at all. And that's definitely a nice perk. Yeah. And, you know, I should say before we step foot on a ship and start talking about some of the advantages on board, I want to ask one more particular question about the wish, which is the wish added these rooms on deck 11, I believe it is facing forward that are labeled concierge. But we've been hearing some mixed feedback about whether those rooms are getting the full concierge experience or not. And I don't know if you've heard anything about those, Kaylee, or have any thoughts there. I have, yes. So we did hear some mixed information about these in the beginning as well. So these are the Ocean View concierge rooms, and they're all the way forward, and they have a full floor-to-ceiling wall of windows, and they're really spectacular, very, very pretty, and a really nice addition, I think, to the concierge offerings. We have had some clients who have experienced some inconsistencies. And, um, you know, those are the only concierge rooms that are on deck 11. The rest of them are on 12 and 13. And we heard, you know, one client who said that she couldn't have the pillow menu or she couldn't have, um, I can't remember what the other details were, but there were definitely some things that she was told were not offered for those rooms. I will say that we have reached out to both the onboard and the shoreside teams to try to get more information on this. And everyone that we have talked to has said those are absolutely concierge rooms. And there are absolutely the same perks that any other concierge suite or stateroom would have. I haven't been on Wish yet, but I do, you know, I know some of the team that's been on board and I've talked to Shoreside and all the information that we are getting is that those are absolutely concierge rooms with the same perk um, as the other ones. Yeah, I mean, it would be a tough message for Disney to land to have concierge, concierge light and, re and regular cruising. And especially because those rooms have actually gone up in price. The, there are many times when those ocean views are coming in at a higher price tag than the concierge veranda rooms. And you know, you know the real reason why Brian's asking this question. Um, this is totally selfish. Sorry, listeners, this question was not for you. This was a completely selfish question because we are actually booked in one of those rooms, I think, for our next cruise. Am I right, Brian? It was not selfish. I, I honestly think that, that there's an issue about uh, how they're tiering or treating concierge rooms. I think that that's, you know, it's something to think about because those rooms on deck 11 are actually very unique and people seem to love the space that they provide and that view right out the front of the ship. So I think they're pretty popular rooms, actually. I think that they're really a fabulous addition. I really do. And it would be really upsetting if guests were experiencing a different a different level of the concierge experience. Yeah. It, it, now, 
I do want to call out there are, I don't want to say there's different levels, but to go back to the discussion about the 130 day mark, you know, everyone's clued in on the fact that they do an auto send of an email at midnight if they're sailing concierge. And so I think there's always been some questions. Well, then how does Disney prioritize after that? Because they've got to get just a ton of emails hitting their inbox, all timestamp very similarly, because we're not, this isn't this isn't the Olympics. They're not going out to a thousandth of a decimal <laughs> point on the time. And so, you know, we've heard different things, Kaylee. I'm curious, do you have thoughts around once those requests hit source-side concierge? Have you heard anything about how they prioritize them further? Because our suspicion is they might prioritize a little bit based on spend or room category. I would be so tickled to have that information. I do not know the answer to that question. And it is something that we have discussed in the agency at length because it does seem like sort of a no-brainer to do it by, you know, the larger suites are getting priority or when you booked is getting priority, you know, so a booker, a booking that was booked earlier would get priority. But from everything that Disney tells us and that Shoreside tells us, they're going just by the timestamp. And maybe they are doing the, you know, <laughs> taking the seconds way down the line the way that they would in the Olympics. But it would seem to me that there would need to be some other factor that they were weighing. But I don't, I'm not privy to that information if, if it's out there. I just can't imagine spending the kind of money one spends to stay in like one of the Roy or Walt suites and then making your cabana request at midnight and finding out you didn't get it. Right. <laughs> like, I should, oh my like, gosh. Yeah. That I would mean, just be devastating. It really need was. a reservation for the rage room on board, I suppose. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Well, we need to take a quick pause in the action to thank our amazing show sponsor over at My Path Unwinding Travel. We have really come to love all of the agents over at My Path Unwinding Travel, who you've heard on this show. So many of their agents have been on the show sharing their great experiences with concierge sailing, adventures by Disney, and just unique sailings across the Disney portfolio. And so have really come to rely on their expertise as we think about our own vacations, questions we've had about sailing concierge for the first time, questions about unique itineraries, and they are just so knowledgeable, so friendly, so giving of their time. My Path and Winding has some fabulous Facebook groups out there that you can join around concierge sailing, the Disney Wish, the Disney Treasure, just all kinds of great groups where they answer questions from people who haven't even booked vacations with them. So love, love, love the great experience, expertise, friendliness of My Path Unwinding Travel. So if you are thinking about booking your next Disney Cruise Line vacation, maybe been thinking about taking the leap and upgrading to concierge or have been eyeing some special adventures by Disney trip or really just want to benefit from the knowledge and expertise that a great travel expert can provide, highly recommend heading over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo to book your next fabulous vacation. Use that link so they know the DCL Duo sent you. And with that, back to our episode. Well, let's let's get to boarding day. Obviously, depending on where you're sailing from, concierge gets more expedited check-in process and potentially a a lounge area, which sounds better than I think it really is even at Port Canaveral. <laughs> it's just a special seating area and then gets brought on board the ship first, uh, right after family of the day. So you get a special area and you get on board the ship. Um, 
once we're on board, Kaylee, like I, I don't want to walk end to end through the concierge process. I want to ask you, like, what what are your top things that you want people to know sailing concierge once they get on? Like, what are the things that people maybe don't realize are available to them, and so they don't take advantage of it? Or yeah, that that, that you would say you got to do like, like when you get on, do this if you're sailing concierge. It's just really important that you do these things. Sure. So I think that the onboard concierge team is really good at taking the baton from, you know, my job for what I'm providing for the client to now they're becoming a guest on board. The concierge team is right there. So when your family walks in and they welcome you in the atrium, somebody from that concierge team is going to come right up to you. You've got your gold label on your your sticker that shows that you're a concierge guest so they can easily identify you. And they will generally try to escort you to the concierge luncheon. That is new. I mean, that has evolved over time. When I first started sailing concierge, you just went to the lounge. And actually on our first ever sailing, we got by the time we got to the lounge, because we were sort of in awe of the ship and stumbling our way around looking at everything, <laughs> the lounge was full. And somebody at the door said, no, you can't come in. You have to come back in an hour. Oh, wow. So that is, I think, why they started doing the luncheon, because it gave them a bigger space to be able to, you know, have more people, you know, experiencing that welcome. Because that was a little, it was a little disappointing. You know, we ended up riding the aqueduct and we were the first ones on the aqueduct. So that was very fun. My daughter was younger at that time. But the lunch is a really nice addition. And so the hosts will greet you and, you know, sort of help you get to wherever the lunch is being held, which is typically at one of the main dining rooms. And um, they will hold your bags for you. Generally, there's a little area where you can put your bags so you don't have to lug all of whatever you've carried on um, to lunch. And and then they'll come around and chat with you. And Brian, you, you made mention of that earlier with, you know, if you've booked extra things. But I would say take advantage of that time to meet whomever from the concierge team is going around table to table. They'll have their little clipboard in your folder and they'll have your full itinerary of everything you've booked and anything that you hadn't booked, you can inquire about anything that you've thought about adding or anything that you wanted to drop. It's a real nice opportunity to have some one-on-one time with the concierge team. Yeah. One, the only thing I'll add to what you said, Kaylee, is if you are a concierge cruiser and you are not coming at the beginning, meaning you're not boarding essentially early or being the first ones to board, the concierge team may not be uh, standing at the entrance to welcome you onto the ship. And so if you decide to come later, or let's say you made the mistake of, of flying in that morning and your flight's running late, if you do that, then what you should do is just ask a cast member where the concierge luncheon is. And, and absolutely. And then go, you know, find your way there. And then you will meet uh, at least one or or two folks from the concierge team when you're there, but they'll only really be standing there to do that welcome for the folks who are boarding at the beginning of boarding. And there are typically three or four concierge managers on the concierge team. And on embarkation day, they generally have additional crew that are sort of helping out and working as temporary concierge (laughs) staff to assist with some of that overflow. There is also the option to go right to the lounge. 
um, which we have done before. We've, you know, not gone right to lunch or we've gone to the lounge and dropped our stuff there or gone to the lounge and got champagne there and then made our way down to lunch. So that's not always possible. I think that when we were on Fantasy in August, we asked to go to the the lounge and they said, oh, we'd, we'd prefer that you go to the lunch first. But we've never we've done that in the past where we go to the lounge first. So but the lunch is just it's such a lovely way to start your vacation. And even before they had the concierge lunch, my family preferred to go to wherever the sit down lunch was. I wasn't interested in going to Cabana's and fighting over crab legs. And I mean, it's just, you know, it's just a different, it's a different level of vacation. It's a different, every family wants something different. And I know there are many people that's the first thing they want is those crab legs and that cabana's experience. But for my family, we always wanted to sort of set the tone with a more relaxed start to to the vacation. So another tip that I didn't know our first time sailing concierge is that the alcohol at that sit down lunch is free. Yes, it is. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember if they included. actually included. Oh, sorry, included. <laughs> <laughs> yes, nothing is technically free on a Disney cruise, especially <laughs> when you're sailing concierge. There's exactly. no free lunch. <laughs> no free lunches. <laughs> but you know, I don't think that's. It's not like all every type of alcohol, is it? Do you remember? Do you know, Kaylee? No, it's not. It's generally wine and champagne. I they would probably wrangle up a beer if you asked for a beer. I, I my my tradition is always to have a glass of champagne, so that's always what I've asked for. But I think it's it's slim offerings, but it is complimentary as part of the lunch. Yes. Yeah, I've I've definitely had a beer in the past. You had a beer, yeah. You and Chris had a beer. I remember Brian when we sailed on the Wonder on the 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 COVID cruise. I'm calling it. I'll always think of it as my COVID cruise. So, Kaylee, I want to ask about. We talked about the lunch. The one thing I keep hearing about that we have never done, and I did not know existed until a few months ago, a pillow menu. Like, like I didn't know that there were amenities you could have traded out in your stateroom. I mean, obviously we've gotten, we've asked for larger robes. I did know that you could have your fridge stocked specifically with drinks of your choice. So you can request at the 130 day mark and they'll note it for on board that like, Hey, what I, I don't need the Diet Coke in the fridge. I just want Sprite. And so I know you can do that, but like a pillow, like what else can you request into your stateroom that's included that, that we may not know about? The pillow menu is fabulous. It offers a number of different types of pillows from memory foam to ISO cool to feather. And you can get a satin pillowcase. It's lovely. <laughs> um, and they don't advertise it. And it's not out there everywhere because I think that supplies are sort of limited, the inventory of what they have. And it's more so on Magic and Wonder where there's less room to store them. So a lot of times on Fantasy and Dream, there's actually a pillow menu card next to your bed, whereas on Magic and Wonder, you have to you have to request. But yeah, you can request. Generally, they're happy to put any non-alcoholic um, Coca-Cola company beverages in your stateroom. So like a lot of times we'll get a couple of Powerades. Like they're generally happy to do that. We always ask for a fan and they're happy to put like they'll put a, di- a nice Dyson fan in the room. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> There's some, we're getting mixed information about whether they're doing that on Wish. Um, I have not experienced it yet. I did request a fan on our request. So I will, I will update you and keep you posted on that. But on all the other ships, we've always gotten a fan, which is really nice. Yeah. Well, you get a little white noise out of it and like and some air circulation and those rooms can get stuffy for sure. Well, and, and I will, I will say if there's something that would improve your cruise experience, Ask, ask the concierge host, because you'll be surprised at what they're willing and able to do for people sailing in concierge 
that you might think is totally off the wall. Believe me, they've heard it all. Like, I'd love to have one of them on one day to tell me like the most ridiculous request you've received in concierge, because I'm sure that what you're going to ask them doesn't fall into that bucket. And so the way one of the ways I know that speaking of coffee is we asked whether we could pre-order coffee for our stateroom uh, on our first concierge cruise. I just, you know, what I was really asking was, can you just have room service bring us up a pot of coffee in the morning so that it's there and I don't have to call for it? It's just coming. Right. And (laughs) the first morning, knock, knock, knock at the door and I go over and there is the concierge host holding a silver tray with two coffee cups with Americanos in them. And she's made extra Americanos in insulated cups. And she's just in case we want more. And she delivered it into our stateroom every morning. With Mickey sugar. Yeah, every morning. Oh, the Mickey and, sugar. Yeah. And so like, you know, that for me, I was actually asking for something far less, I thought. And here she was every morning with our coffees. And uh, so I just, I'd say if there's something that would really improve your career, like something that's, you just. You want to ask? They'll tell you no. I mean, they will They'll tell say you no. no. I completely agree with that. And and that is exactly how they would say it. If there is anything we can do to make you more comfortable, enjoy your cruise more, just ask. Absolutely. I mean, I saw them up there one day. Someone had a door magnet taken. They had had the wood shop make up a template and they were up there decorating it to give to the guest whose door magnet was stolen. <laughs> I was like, that is above and beyond, right? But But when we talk about paying for the service, Disney service is already at a really high level for every guest. When you're talking what people pay for concierge. I just want like, they are going above and beyond to get to know you, your needs, help you when they can, all that sort of stuff. So like, it is, I cannot understate enough, like what an elevated experience. They'll chat is. with your kid. Your kid can talk their ear off about Minecraft and they will listen. They're very, they very a, They gracious. have a pin trading book in the concierge lounge. Well, yep. and on the yep. last... On the last day, too, they've started putting out a, well, I think this has existed for a while, I don't know, but like a, there's a signature book that everyone can sign where they're from. And, you know, they it comes out kind of on the last uh, the last day of the sailing and you can sign your family's name and write a little note. It's, it's just, it's fun. It's a fun little experience. We loved signing that book for all of our cruises, except our last one, it wasn't out and they said it hadn't, it had been stowed away since the pandemic. And um, they were hopeful that it was, this was just in August on fantasy. Oh, it was out for us on, um, on the Norway cruise on the oh, magic. I'm so happy to hear that. I hope that that returns because we were really looking forward to going back and finding our other our other entries. Yeah. Well, there's a book on the magic that has the DCL duo in it. So uh, there you go. Keely, what are the other things? So like they've expanded the concierge offering a little bit over time, or I should say added benefits over time. And so what are some of those newer benefits that have come out? We talked about they expanded the booking window from 120 to 125, now 130 days out. But what are some of those other experiences on board that folks might not know about? Sure. So the newest one that there's a lot of excitement about is priority seating at the shows in the evening. So the concierge onboard team will give you a time to come to the the lounge prior to the show. And it's usually, I want to say it's about 45 minutes before the show. And they'll take you down to the theater in the in a secret staff elevator that's you know not for the general public. And when you step off the elevator, they'll offer you popcorn and you can walk right into the theater and have your choice of seating, which is really, really nice, especially for the shows that tend to be, you know, packed. And so that was, that's a a perk that people have been asking for for years. And I'm, I'm glad to see that DCL has, or has started um, offering that. Yeah. On the magic and the wonder you are meeting in O'Gill's half hour before the show, not at the lounge. 
and they actually take you into the theater through the a back door of O'Gills. It's pretty cool. Oh, that's really fun. So Kaylee, one other new offering that I'm seeing that I don't know if it's existed before is like concierge-only merch. Oh, yes, that is a new, a very new offering. So I first learned about the the original concierge pin when one of my colleagues at the agency, Megan, sailed on Wonder out of San Diego. And she saw um, the pins that I believe, I would have to ask her, but I believe they had them in the lounge. Um, and they were offering them to concierge guests for sale in the lounge. And they're, you know, they're priced comparably to the other pins. So, you know, eight or nine dollars or something like that. Since then, they have started offering them on different ships, although availability seems to be a real issue. And sometimes they're in the lounge and sometimes you have to go to sort of Mickey's mainsail and ask for them and show your concierge key. And on the Disney Wish, they actually offer um, like ball caps also, really nice Nike dry fit with the concierge keys. And I have my my eyes set on getting one of those eventually. I don't know if they're back in stock now, but I know they've been having issues keeping it, keeping those things in stock, I'm sure. And when I was on Fantasy in August, they actually had, they were debuting a brand new sort of second generation concierge pin. Um, and it was down in Mickey's mainsail. And so one of the, the onboard team said, oh, you better go get it quickly because I'm sure it'll sell out. Although I don't think it sold out in our cruise, but they were, we were allowed to purchase two per stateroom with our concierge key. I actually really prefer the first original key better, but, and I always wear my concierge pin and I just get comments on it all over the ship. People are like, where is that? What is that? It's so neat. Even this, even the other crew are like, where did you get that? I remember Glenn, one of the concierge team on when, back when he was on Wonder was like, that's even nicer than my pin, you know? Well, you know, Kaylee, that I 100% copied you because now whenever I sail concierge, (laughs) I am also wearing that pin, especially on day one and have gotten many questions and compliments on it as well. But I have to give you all the credit because I would have never, never (laughs) known about the pin if I hadn't seen you wearing it on that cruise that we met. Well, I give the credit to Megan, who got me one when she was on that sailing. She got my my original one on on Wonder. So it is it is one of my most Disney possessions. I really love it. Well, Kaylee, what else? What are your other top tips for people sailing concierge? I mean, one that I will give folks that I've heard about that we haven't been able to experience really kind of goes back to that booking window issue is that uh, on some of the longer sailings, they haven't done it since the pandemic. And I hope they bring it back as... Uh, many other experiences. They used to have a cooking class called Be Our Chef. Really, the only way you could get to do that experience was through concierge. <laughs> but like, what other kinds of specialty experiences are out there, Kaylee, that folks just, you know, you, you want to make sure if you're selling concierge, request this, do this uh, kind of thing. I do remember the Apollo Be Our Chef, and we were actually booked for it for one of the cruises that got canceled by the pandemic. So I was disappointed to miss out on that. Gosh, I can't think of any others that are similar to that. I know that back in the day, they used to do some sort of galley tours and they would, you know, take you to see the bridge. And but I think that over time, as word got out about these things, they just were unable to meet the demand. And so they had to scale back a number of those offerings. I do hope that they bring back the BR chef. And I agree with you that there's pretty much no way you're doing that if you're not concierge. I believe it was limited to eight guests. That was one I always wanted to do. And I think you got a chef's coat with you that did. experience. Yeah. Yes, and a photo with Mickey. They, and- did, did they used to do character um, visits to the concierge lounge. 
I they have did. heard. Yes, they did. That is another one that has not returned since the pandemic. And I trust that they will. They would have a specialty cocktail hour one afternoon, you know, three to four on a sea day or something like that. And there would be a character and the character was always a surprise. So you never knew who who was going to show up. And that was really, really fun. Well, Kaylee, anything we haven't covered uh, around the concierge experience that you would want folks to to know other than it's just it is fabulous and it's hard <laughs> once you experience it, you can't go back. Well, you know, I will say going back to how we originally found our way to concierge is the concierge sun deck. And it's a different offering slightly on all five ships, but it is a across all of the ships, it is a really nice little respite. And um, some have water features and some don't, you know, Dream and Fantasy have hot tubs and um, Wish has all kinds of fabulous things going on. We're very excited to experience. But up there, there are, you know, loungers and chairs and towels and sunscreen and, you know, all of the sort of comforts of of home (laughs) uh, provided for you. And that's a really nice, it's a nice place to have at your disposal. On the Magic, it's a small little area just off the lounge. On the Wonder, it's really a spectacular, you know, it's up on the second or the the story above the lounge. And there are all kinds of loungers and um, sit in the sun or sit in the shade. And then, like I said, Dream and and Fantasy have the hot tub. So it's a it's a great spot. Yeah. And I'll say, too, if if on the Wonder, at least, they get a view of the fireworks from that sun deck area. And so the concierge host really facilitated, like, getting people up there to watch fireworks from that deck as opposed to being out in the pirate deck party, which I thought was kind of nice. When we sailed on Fantasy in August, they escorted us up to deck 13 to a roped off area for private viewing of the fireworks, which was nice. That's something that was a new since the last time we'd been on Fantasy. So that was nice. Yeah, I'll be tough on the wish because they're firing the fireworks from both the front and the rear ship. So I'm not sure there's really a great spot uh, to shuttle people and just a larger amount of people in concierge on that ship. But yeah. There's one thing we didn't talk about. I don't think we need to go into a ton of detail, but needless to say, there is always food in the lounge and it, some of the food there is is some of my favorite food on board, whether it's sort of continental breakfast pastry type stuff or or d'oeuvres or afternoon tea or desserts in the evening. There is oh, there is food out kind of all the time there that is often different from the what's available other places on the ship. Yeah, the, the lounge offerings are nice. When we were on Fantasy just recently, they also served Dole Whip in the afternoons, which was really nice. And along the same line, sticking with the food theme there, is we didn't really talk about in-room dining. So DCL distinguishes room service from in-room dining. And in-room dining is available for all concierge staterooms that have a table and chair. So that does not include the ocean view or the veranda rooms, but it does include the one bedroom, two bedrooms and royal suite. So you can order hot breakfast, like a full hot breakfast, and you can order um, from the main dining rooms. And if you're in the royal suite, you can order Palo, which is really very nice. The in-room dining, especially the, the hot breakfast is a really nice concierge perk. Yeah. And if you find yourself in the tower suite, you can order Enchanté, but uh, please email us first so that we can get you scheduled <laughs> to be on the show as well. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so we can sail with you so we can come and eat 
locked in your room. Definitely. (laughs) Well, Kaylee, thanks for sharing all of your great expertise and tips around concierge. But I think I need to pass you over to Sam for a segment of arbitrary rules, arbitrary questions and judgmental responses from my (laughs) co-host or what the round we like to call rapid fire. So, Sam, take it away. Thanks, Brian. So, Kaylee, I'm going to ask you a couple of Disney favorites, and then I'm going to ask you specifically Disney Cruise Line favorites. It's okay. I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. Who is your favorite Disney or Pixar character? Anna from Frozen. Oh, love it. We finish each other's sandwiches. Exactly. So much fun. Favorite Disney or Pixar movie? I have three all-time favorites, and there's no way I can pare it down more. Peter Pan, Coco, and Meet the Robinsons, which I think is the most underrated Disney movie of all time. Wow, those are some interesting picks. I don't know that... I think we've heard Peter Pan, but we definitely have not heard Coco or Meet the Robinsons as someone's favorite movie. So... Good for being unique. Any any follower of Walt and true Disney fans should see Meet the Robinsons. I'm always amazed at how many people have never seen it. All right. Your favorite Disney song. I think I'm going to go with Love is an Open Door. Oh, the I'm best. sticking with Frozen. Yeah, such a good song. So my next question is, what's your favorite Disney Cruise Line stage show? We really love Aladdin on Fantasy. We were blown away by Beauty and the Beast on Dream, the live, the one that's based on the live action. It was really different and unique and very, very fun. And of course, I love Frozen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm going to tell you Aladdin's the wrong answer, but your other two answers are great. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was doing so well there. You were doing great. But, th- but you, you know, you saved yourself once you said okay, Beauty and okay. the Beast and then I knew you. Whew, <laughs> gosh. Okay. What is your favorite rotational dining restaurant? I really love the experience at Animator's Palette on the longer sailings where you get to animate, where there's the animation magic. Yeah. Yeah. But if I have to pick a favorite, I think I'm going to say Tiana's on nope, the Wonder. You're, you're going to tie with Brian. That's Brian's favorite as well. Love the menu, love the entertainment, and those glasses. The glasses on those tables, I just absolutely covet them. They're so pretty. Oh, yeah, the water glasses. I know I, exactly. I want them. Yeah. I don't know why. They're, it's such a missed opportunity that they don't sell those. I would have a full set. <laughs> Some people probably already have a full set. <laughs> <laughs> this is probably true. I could probably check eBay. <laughs> probably. So I'm, I, this is something I have not taken off the ship, but we keep talking about how we might want to have a show at some point of the craziest things people have taken off the ship, but we'll have to actually <laughs> make it an anonymous episode so that people don't have to identify themselves. Oh, dear. <laughs> All right. What is your favorite space on the ship? Well, that depends on which ship I'm on. So on Dream or Fantasy, it would be the Skyline Lounge. It's our favorite place to go and hang out after dinner. And I love that the, the wall changes, you know, the where you are changes, um, the location. And on Wonder, it would be the fabulous concierge lounge, which in my experience is the best of all the ships that I have been on. Of course, I have not been on Wish yet. So, but the Wonder Lounge, I, I just love every little area. And I love that there are all these different areas. We love to take a game up there and play cards and just sort of hang out up there. It's a really great space. Favorite onboard activity? Bingo? All right. I do, I do really like bingo. We avoided it in August because it was really packed. It was really, there were a lot of people in there. I love all the activities. I mean, that's what's so beautiful about cruising is whether you want to, you know, sit by the pool and read a book or, you know, do all of the fun things that they do in D-Lounge or there's just, there's always something. And I, I really love it all. 
I hear you. I hear that. All right. Favorite savory food item? Um, That would be the black truffle pasta in Animator's Palette. Oh, yes. Hands down. Take that, Josh, if you're listening. If you're listening, Josh. (laughs) All right. Favorite sweet food item? I'm going to say the chocolate souffle at Palo. I knew that one was coming. That's probably a pretty common one, but I do really, really love that one. Yeah, it's funny because it's 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 not my favorite or Brian's favorite, but I feel like it's like at least fifty percent of yeah. the people who come and answer this question that. say that. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Remy and Paulo, Remy versus Paulo. Ah Remy for brunch, Paulo for dinner. Interesting. Wait, hold on. Is that right? Oh, I don't know if I can decide that. I was no, because I think I prefer Paulo brunch. Okay, uh, Paulo for brunch and Remy for the dessert experience. Oh, okay, okay, fair enough. Yeah, I was <laughs> a little not, confused when you said Remy had, brunch. Yeah, we have done the Remy brunch and it's fabulous. We just did it again um, when we were on in in August, but the dessert experience is really unique and fun. And we have not done dinner at Remy yet. Okay. Aqua Duck versus Aqua Dunk. Aqua Duck for sure. I have been on Magic twice, but I chickened out of doing the Aqua Dunk both sailings. It's terrifying. I really was convinced that I was going to give it a try and I just couldn't get myself to do it. But I love the Aqua Duck. Yeah, I did it once and that's it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, good. Then I don't need to do it. All right. Two more questions for you, Kaylee. Favorite ship? of the four that you've been on? So fantasy will always have our hearts because she was our first. And I have so many memories of my daughter when she was younger in the kids clubs. And this past sailing that we just did was our first time on fantasy since 2017. And it was really, it felt like going home. That being said, we have experienced wonder several times more recently. And I would say that wonder holds the number one spot for me. Ooh, you know what's funny? Fantasy was our first. Wonder is our favorite. So interesting. We have that in common. I think it all has to do with the lounge. (laughs) (laughs) Wonder is just such a warm ship. And I have found the crew is wonderful everywhere on every ship we've been in, every sailing. But there's something even more special about the crew on Wonder in our experience. All right. Now, my favorite question to ask people, what is your bucket list cruise? You could go anywhere in the world on Disney Cruise Line. Doesn't even have to be someplace that Disney Cruise Line currently sails to. Where are you going? I will say that the Norwegian Fjords Cruise is my bucket list. It is the top of my bucket list with Disney Cruise Line. You have to book it. It's amazing. I have to book it. (laughs) I just have to book it. I absolutely do. Uh, Any of the European sailings are very, very tempting to me. Um, But that one just is seems so unique and special. And everyone that I've ever talked to who's done it is just was blown away by it. Oh, your photos there were just incredible. I mean, just it'll happen eventually. So what's next, Kaylee? That's the question Brian always asks, but I'm, I'm taking it from him today. What's next? What's next for Disney or for travel in general? Yeah. What's next for you? Travel, cruise travel or anything else? So my husband, Rob, and I are leaving in five days, I think, uh, for a little romantic escape to Mexico. Um, And we're staying at a really fabulous brand new little boutique beachfront all-inclusive. And it's really super upscale. We're very excited. I've been just sort of longing to stay there since they announced it, um, since it opened. They announced the opening about a year ago. And for Disney, next year, we have Wish in uh, February, which we're very excited about. 
And then we have two adventures by Disney booked for next year, which we're just over the moon about. In July, we'll do the England and France land adventure for my daughter's high school graduation. And in October, my husband and I are doing our first empty nesters trip, uh, which is very bittersweet. But we're doing the Rhine River cruise and we're doing the adult exclusive food and wine sailing. Awesome. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it'll be a good year. Got a lot of good stuff coming up. Absolutely. You'll have to come and talk to us, especially about those uh, ABDs. They're really unique, super interesting, and obviously not as many people get to do those. And so it's, it's always interesting hearing about those experiences, especially... Um, we did uh, the Seine River Cruise with Adventures by Disney in 2019, just before the pandemic. And it was hands down the best trip we've ever had. And it was just incredible start to finish. Cruising concierge is a natural, um, going to Adventures by Disney River cruising is really a natural progression. It's sort of an all concierge experience. And to be able to see the world and, you know, you get it just like with cruising, you get on the ship and you unpack once and you wake up every day in someplace new and you get to get off and explore and it was just, it was really incredible. We're really looking forward to doing an, another one. Well, Kaylee, we just super appreciate you coming on and sharing all of your tips and tricks and now your favorites as well with our audience. Uh, as we mentioned up front, you are an agent with My Path Unwinding Travel. And so do you want to let folks know where they can find you if they want to book a fabulous concierge cruising experience or adventures by Disney? Oh, sure thing. So I can be found all over social media as My Path Unwinding Travel Kaylee or My Path Unwinding Kaylee. I'm in, on Instagram as My Path Unwinding Kaylee and Facebook. And I would love to chat vacation options with anybody who would like to reach out. Absolutely. I'm also always hanging out in the My Path Unwinding Travel Facebook groups. The concierge group is my favorite. So I'm there all the time. So if you have any questions, that you, you know, don't want to reach out about, feel free to plop them there and we'll get we'll get some info for you. Or you can find Kaylee in the concierge lounge aboard your next Disney cruise line sailing potentially, which is where we found her. So we wearing her ears with a glass of champs in her hand. Exactly. And my concierge pin, my original concierge pin. Yeah, right. There you go. <laughs> well, thanks again, Kaylee. We just really appreciate you taking the time. Thanks so much for having me. It was a real pleasure to chat today. so fun to have Kaylee on the show so she could share her tips and tricks with all of you about sailing concierge. If any of you have questions, again, really encourage, check out that My Path Unwinding Travel Facebook group around concierge. Great source of information. I will link to it in our show notes along with all the ways to find Kaylee. With that, I do have another five-star review to read on the air this week. This one comes from C.A. Branscom, who writes, a great trip planning podcast. I came across this podcast while planning our first Disney cruise. This podcast has helped make the trip planning a bit less scary and has increased my excitement for the upcoming cruise. I can't wait to try out many of the things they recommend and I'm already excited to start planning for the next one. Well, we are excited for you and your first cruise and hopefully the many more to come. I think this room might be coming from Stephanie Branscom, who we actually have an upcoming show about this cruise. So great to connect the review potentially back with the guest and we'll have to watch out for that show to see uh, how Stephanie liked that first cruise. But with that, I do just want to thank each and every one of you out there for listening this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. Please also head over to Apple Podcasts, leave us one of those five-star reviews, and we will read it on the air at the end of one of our main episodes. If your finger is hovering over anything less than five stars, please reach out. We've had some folks do that. It's really great to have the conversation and also understand what we can be doing better. So reach out, let us know. If you'd like to find all the ways you can connect with the DCL Duo, the vlog, the blog, the podcast, 
podcast, the Etsy store, how you can be a guest on our show. So many things, so many places. Head to dclduo.com. That's dclduo.com. Of course, if you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, you can always reach out to us at dclduo at gmail.com. We also take questions, comments, and feedback from our voicemail line. And we have had some folks call in. It's been really fun to include them in the show. So head over to 402-413-5590 if you'd like to leave us a voicemail. That's 402-413-5590. Of course, if you'd like to help support the show, you can always head over to mypathunwinding.com slash dclduo to book your next fabulous Disney vacation. Please use that link so they know that we sent you their way. Or you can head over to patreon.com slash dclduo to help support the show. We really do appreciate each and every one of our Patreons out there for helping to defray the cost of this show each and every month. The DCL Duo podcast and vlog are not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney Family of Theme Parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and no way reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL Duo. Good night. Good night.